Hello, and welcome back to Hollywood Deep Dive, your usual monthly movie podcast. My name is Nicole, one of your lovely hosts, and today we're doing a special episode. Um, So, it is November, and in honor of the release of Top Gun Maverick, uh, we are doing a dedicate, an episode dedicated to the man, the myth, the legend himself, Tom Cruise. The so, alien. <laughs> yes, yeah, the high alien, but that's a whole different story for a whole other time. Anyways, mm-hmm. we have a ton to cover, and we have Friend of the Pod joining us once again. Um, so... Let's start off with our lovely panel, and um, who is our lovely guest that is joining us today? What is your name? Kay. Okay. Kay, so if you've listened to our podcast um, in the past, Kay is a returning guest. They came on for our John Hawks episode. Um, So, Kay, uh, our first question is, what is your favorite Tom Cruise look? So, as we get the ball rolling... Yeah, you want to go straight to the danger zone right away, don't you? Because oh, okay. <laughs> danger zone. <laughs> no, this is such a dangerous question. So, um, no, he has surprisingly a lot of good looks, and it was hard to narrow down. So, I'm gonna give the three, and you're gonna you're gonna know exactly why these three, Nicole, um, made me absolutely feral. Okay, go ahead. The first one is Valkyrie. Okay. Um, because of his eye patch. Yeah, weird, a weird eye patch kink, but okay. Why do you have to call me out like that? <laughs> okay, so that's your first one. All right, and your other two? Um, Legend. Okay. Yeah. Oh, God, how do I describe it? It's, um... Oh, uh, wears, how, I don't even know how to describe it. He's wearing the sh- the shortest something. He's like, I don't. Oh. Yeah, I don't even know how to describe. It. He's like a fairy person, little, little feral forest thing. Yes, it's. I don't know if it's. It's not like a little leaf dress. It's very weird with a uh, bulky underwear underneath. I don't. That's not, that's not why I'm into it, but the basic. A little more well prepared oh Adam after realizing he's naked and God's coming. <laughs> yeah, basically. It was also the 80s and it was um, Ridley Scott, so there's probably a lot of cocaine involved. No, the, the important thing is that he is absolutely covered in glitter. Yes. Like, I do not understand how there was so much glitter in this movie. But yeah. he was just covered in it. Still getting that glitter off. Oh, I, 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 I don't doubt it. Like, there's scenes where there's just, like, glitter flying in the background. It's a miracle no one lost an eye or something. It truly, truly is. Okay, and your third look? <laughs> oh. Oh, I... This this character would get his own segment, and I hopefully he won't. But Stacy Jacks from Rock of Ages. Okay, he's a. Uh, I another one. I'm not really sure how to describe other than. He's like a um a rock star. 
pretty much like a zoetrotic trope of every 80s rock star combined into one. Yeah, pretty much. Um, you said this is probably the closest we're going to get to Roger Lestat? Yes. Um, I 1000% stand behind that. Um, the upper body strength he has in this role is, uh, is very impressive. There was a deleted scene where he's pole dancing, basically. Very slowly rotating on the top. Um, and he has a monkey that apparently Tom Cruise was very insistent that he should have in this movie. <laughs> oh, man. I mean, a monkey's not that big of a deal considering he is trying to go into space to film no, the next no. film. He was very insistent. Like he said, I cannot do this role without the monkey. There was no monkey in the script originally. I don't know how he came about with the monkey. <laughs> I mean, I, I think it just kind of shows the sheer uh, star power that you're like, this doesn't even exist in the script yet, but you're going to make it happen. And they did. He's just a little weirdo. And the monkey's name the monkey's name is Hey Man. Oh my god. Okay. <laughs> you just show up at the script reading and it's like, I like what's here, but what if we added a monkey? <laughs> I have no doubt that's how it went. Uh okay. Um awesome case. Okay. So let's uh jump to our other two panelists. Um so on either side of me, who would like to go first and what is your preferred Tom Cruise look? Hi, I'm Jordan. And there's a lot of good looks, but the one that I always seem to keep coming back to is from the first Tom Cruise movie I saw, which was uh, Mission Impossible 3. Hopefully I'm not oh. stepping on Sam's toes here. Okay, okay. Not Where quite on my toes. You're good. You're good. <laughs> <laughs> Sam is like, watch it. Watch it. <laughs> Okay, very specific, Jordan. All right, and what what is what is it that kind of uh, gets you into the Ethan Hunt uh, mood? I guess I think it's just it's because it's the first movie I saw him in, so I always think back to um, Secret Agent Tom Cruise. That's fair. That's totally fair. Um, but I mean, I think I know what the I know what the close second. I mean, I think everyone knows what the close second is, but I think I will let. Uh, Sam, take it from here. <laughs> okay. Uh, Sam, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> the close second is definitely obviously him and Top Gun. Both of them, obviously, Maverick. Both the young version, who is like, I will get all the girls and the boys. And then the older version, which I am the dad to everyone. <laughs> <laughs> Including Cyclone and Warlock. <laughs> Just the dad, TM. Mark slash crazy uncle. And then obviously (laughs) you have to like him in basically every other action film because he basically plays the same character in different movies, but it doesn't matter because he can do it. Mm -hmm. Indeed he can. Okay, and for me, I would probably say my ideal look for him it's kind of like this his early 2000s like a la last samurai 
I don't know what it is about that look, but the long hair and the scruff, oof, that's um, like peak Tom it, Cruise. That's just what you like in general. It has nothing to do with Tom Cruise. That's just unfortunately your go-to. Unfortunately, what? <laughs> no. Unfortunately, no. He is looking great. I wish he would bring back the scruff. He needs a little something, something to balance out his facial structure. He's yes. probably doing the best he can with how old he is and how much hair he has left. <laughs> Ouch. Ouch. Right for the jugular. I'm stating the facts. You know, we don't want to get canceled by the Scientologist five minutes into the yeah. podcast. We love you. I, However, you're <laughs> their, their lordship over there. Like an insult, just like a, like jab. <laughs> a slight jab. I don't. I well, yes, yes. Does he um, have a super license? I feel like that's the only license he does not have. A which license? Sorry. Oh, super license, because he loves cars too, and he was at F one on the track. So wouldn't be surprised I, if he has a super license. I wouldn't be surprised. I think he has many, many licenses. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Okay, shall we jump right into it? Um, because we have a lot to talk about today. Um, so, uh, Kay, since you're our guest, uh, why don't you start us off? So, what is your favorite Tom Cruise movie, and kind of what do you think is also his best performance? Would you say? See, if you're going by favorites, I'm gonna be picking a lot of movies that are definitely not his best performance. Um, particularly one I know you had issue with because of his accent, but oh god, <laughs> I absolutely loved Far and Away. Um, it's it's obviously not his best performance. He was very much doing the Lucky Charms accent. That is an understatement, my lord. Uh, and it's it's all like oh top of the morning to ya. I'm Irish. No 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 no. Where was it? Like, Tell me you like my hat, Shannon. Oh. you like my hat, and I'm just like, oh god. Wait, what, oh, what's gosh. the title of the movie again? It's far and away. So far and away is Tom Cruise and Nicole Kidman. Nicole. Yeah. So, um, so Kate, did you want to give a quick uh, summary for this one for those who haven't seen it? Um. So it starts off in Ireland. Um, his dad dies, and his they, their their land was owned by um rich people. I think that was what. I'm just very distracted about this movie for reasons. Of course you are. Yeah. <laughs> um. So basically, uh, it's kind of like you know, poor boy meets rich girl. Um, exactly. and Nicole Kidman is wealthy, and basically he and Nicole Kidman run off to America and start off a whole new life. And he has to teach her the ways of being like poor and commonplace, and they it's the very much um enemies to lovers trope a lot and I love it all our and early nineteen hundreds Boston is that where they are? Yes, I don't remember Boston, and they pretended to be siblings, yes, yes, uh, yes. um oh. <laughs> have either of you seen this one, Jordan or Sam? Uh, I have not, but 
Looking at the trivia on IMDb, it states in Ireland this movie has become something of a cult classic comedy for some <laughs> for some due to the notoriously bad Irish accents. Yes. <laughs> you watch I, it and if you have any relatives who are Irish and still have the accent, you just go, What the fuck are you doing? This is not even close to the proper accent. I'm pretty sure she I has Irish like from Newfoundland. I'm and maritime sure that... more than Ireland. Definitely more like a Newfoundlander. Yeah, I'm pretty sure the cruise has an Irish ancestry. So it's um, it's just like, did you talk to nobody before you ran this accent by them? Like, this is happening. Yeah, it sounds like they just went over to Newfoundland and then forgot all the slang. Uh-huh. And I, then I... we're like, yeah, this is Ireland. They're like, no, it's Newfoundland minus the slang. Did you kiss the codfish? Did you have your screech? <laughs> I I can't lie. Um, I think the film does become better once they introduce Nicole Kidman into it, but yes. it, it is a little bit on the slower side, at least at the start. And yeah, it's all right. It's not my favorite, but L- listen, twelve-year-old me would have been obsessed with this movie on the same level I was with Titanic because I, it's just I did that. see that. I feel. I think Adrienne is a big fan of this one, if I'm not mistaken. I think it's pretty high up there on her list. Yeah. Again, that does not surprise me. No, no, you love not all those at all. movies. Yes, it's very much like right up your gate. Like it, like it's very, very nineties, and in the best of ways, and then the worst of ways as well. It was the best of times. It was the worst of times. It was the age of Christ. <laughs> It's a bad Irish accent, Sam. But that's what makes it fun. That's English. (laughs) I know this Dickens, but I'm saying you have to do it in a bad Irish accent. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, Kay, you were saying? No, that's why why the horrible accent just makes it funnier for me. Especially the whole hat scene. (laughs) Oh, yes, it's 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 a lot of uh, Irish tropes all thrown into one movie, but um, but yeah, that one I I thought it's enjoyable. Like I think you kind of a lot of got to let it go with the flow, but um, yes. he gets beat a... up a lot and it's hot. <laughs> <laughs> the wump is spectacular. Like this is what we're all hot. here for. I, I will agree with that. He does get beat up a lot in that, and it is pretty spectacular. So we are all oh. here through the one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, and Nicole Kidman put my favorite character in Pardon? I said Nicole Kidman is just like gorgeous in this. Like she just looked so so good in this. Yeah, she does. So she's like, like bossing him around. I'm like, yes, you do it, girl. You boss him <laughs> around. They give you a little serving. Yeah, she's like, you're gonna be like my serving point. I'm like, yes. Well, hashtag girl boss. Oh boy. Jordan, can you say that again? I said hashtag Uh, girl boss. Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) It was. I mean, Nicole Kidman does get to girl boss with a couple movies with him because she also girl bosses him in. Uh, Days of Thunder as well, which is where they met. So, but she so basically. What you're telling me is that Nicole Kidman is the only one 
that can be domineering to him. Okay, there there are pictures of them, like of of uh, just in real life. She's like spoon feeding him, and it's it's just very much like oh, she pegged. She definitely pegged. God, I. <laughs> I wouldn't put I think this needs to be a video podcast just so you guys can see my facial expression right now. <laughs> I I wouldn't put it past her. Like I I fair, I truly do think you're right Sam though that she was probably the only one because like just watching them together in this movie is like you can tell that he's into the fact he's into her for the fact that she's bossing him around. Yes. So, and she's like so much taller than him that it's amusing and yes there's going to be a lot of tom cruise height jokes but the the man is short okay and that's coming from a short person he is short. he's the same height as you exactly he's short i'm short he's short we're short <laughs> no especially short for a man let's just be honest and like he just looks compact like you know how most people usually up, have them around have like well that but like you know like for example People usually like, they're like, oh, you have, like, you're all legs or you're all torso. I think what makes him look even shorter is that I think he's actually pretty evenly proportioned. So, like, he is he's evenly distributed. <laughs> yes. So, he has, like, equal amount of leg to body ratio. But I think that makes him look even shorter, unfortunately. So, he just kind of <laughs> looks like compact, like, pat, pat, put him in your pocket, and away you go, sort of guy. And I don't think he, he can't obviously help that. Lord knows, I'm sure they've tried. And I think, like, it's every... boxes. No, and apparently they have a lot of actors filming socks when they're next to him, because they're just so tall and he's so small, so they can't even have actors in shoes. They either have them barefoot or in socks. I mean, because... at least he doesn't wear stilts and like lifts like rdj <laughs> that's true yeah he just embraces his tiny yeah like i mean i guess he has to be tiny to be fucking airborne as he is like <laughs> you're like gonna pick him up and throw him like a football at this point <laughs> i remember reading that they did the reverse thing for macaulay culkin and richie rich where they hired tall people to play the adult characters so that to make him more kid-like oh interesting that's so interesting okay okay yeah i don't think tom cruise has a problem finding someone taller than him (laughs) (laughs) seems yeah that seems to be the least of his worries uh i mean considering everyone in hollywood is six foot plus except for Glenn Powell, who seems to lie about his height, I don't think he's actually six feet tall. He's not six feet tall. He's not. Six he feet says tall. he's six one, but I feel like he's pulling a me it's and taking that hair. extra quarter inch. No, it's totally the hair, Sam. So I think he's, he's commenting his hair as his height. Yeah, one thousand percent. Does he do like he poofs his hair up and kind of like a pompadour style? That boy is definitely counting his height as the top of his head where his hair ends. <laughs> He's so, definitely 5'11". He is so 5'11". <laughs> yeah, that's like... Well, he's many things, but six feet isn't one of them. Apparently there's a meme about Arnold Schwarzenegger also hiding his true height. <laughs> oh, oh, is there really? Yeah. 
I mean, like, he's bulky enough that I don't think it really matters. <laughs> I'm intimidated yeah. either way. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, okay, uh, Kate, did you want to add anything else about Far and Away? I think I've said enough. <laughs> okay, any other movies that were kind of like a stand-up for you for Cruz's performance? Uh, performance-wise? Um, personally, I think his best performance was Born on the Fourth of July. Okay. Uh, that was from 89, so he wasn't even 30 yet when he did this one. Wow. Um, yeah, he would have been, what, like 27, 28? And it was basically playing um, a high schooler through... God, how far did it get? Like, another decade or two? Probably, yeah. Yeah, he got further along. Um, but yeah, I thought that... Yeah, I think that one's his best performance. Just from how natural it felt. He went going from being, like super pro-military, like, so gung-ho to jump, um, join once he could, into be, um, slowly having to realize that, you know, kind of is just all fucked up, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, I, that was actually, just, like, no, you can go on. Oh, I was gonna say, actually, Sam, this movie might interest you, um, uh, as you have relatives that, um, fought for vietnam mm-hmm. um but it's as t said it is that journey from gun ho you know doing it for my country going to war to coming home being treated like shit mm. um, ending up unable to walk so he's wheelchair bound after yeah, the war yes yeah, wheelchair acting for a lot of it including one of my favorite scenes with him and defoe um <laughs> Wait, wait, wait. Defoe's also in this? Yes, yes he is. Yes. Why do I feel like this is going to be a very weird trip? <laughs> so, yeah, they, they get kicked out of a cab, and then they just they just start arguing about how many babies they killed, and they just start fighting each other in their wheelchairs, and they... Oh, God. They, they just... Yep, eventually... it's definitely going to be a trip. Oh, you oh no, you forget the, the, the best part about that. They start spitting on each other. <laughs> They're just so, like cir- they're just circling each other in wheelchairs, and then they just fight, and then they both fall in wheelchairs, and they're like kind of can't do anything because they're they can't move, so they have to wait for someone to come to come and get them, basically. <laughs> so, it, it um, is kind of like sad, funny at the same time. Yeah, it, it's it's funny, but I'm like, oh, it's so hard. It's like really sad, and then and then the scene where he comes home, um, to his parents. They just start screaming penis, and his mom is like, don't say penis in this house. <laughs> she kicks him out. I was like, oh, I'm laughing, but this is also sad. I mean, that sounds very much like men in general, and then men in war also little boys. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think it's one of Oliver Stone's best movies, because because Oliver Stone was a war veteran, so that and Platoon feel like his most realistic movies because he experienced that. So he saw all those things. And I think he does a really good job at showing, you know, that initial enthusiasm and also the way people around him react. So when he comes home and they're like, 
oh, we don't really care about the war. That doesn't affect us. Nothing happened here. You're a schmuck for going to war and believing in the effort. And he's, you know, and he's trying to talk to them about all these terrible things that he saw and experienced and he feels bad about. And everybody's like... He was like, still trying to be pro pro military even when he came home. Yes. Like like mm-hmm. it was I thought it was just a really nice natural um progression for him to finally come around to it. It wasn't like a sudden like switch or anything. And I think that's what made it really good. It was just like it just felt really natural. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. I- I really liked it. I liked that movie way more than I thought I would. I'm like that. That to me, that people say it's usually Magnolia's his best performance, but I I, oh, lean more I hate that movie. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get there, Sam. Don't worry. Okay. Magnolia. I don't know if that's acting. Oof. No. <laughs> no. Yeah. We'll uh, get there. Yeah. All right. Um, but yeah, I, I completely agree. I think it's it's a heavy mantle to care, carry, especially too for a young actor to kind of be able to go through all those, quite literally a roller coaster and quite literally a hero's journey from beginning to end. And I think Stone is really good at showing you um, that element of war that people don't like to talk about, especially Vietnam, because it is such a touchy war um and a lot of people don't want to acknowledge it and how they treated people Mm -hmm. and how we still treat people um and i think for example like something that we often don't see when we do even war movies about vietnam um there's a whole section of where they show the hospital basically the recovery hospital when they come back and it's like dirty and full of rats and it's like only only people of color that work there as nurses and doctors and like people are dying left right and center and nobody cares about them and like it looks like it's disgusting Mm -hmm. and i have no doubts that's what it was like um Mm -hmm. and people don't want to talk about that they don't want to talk about these veterans they don't want to talk about that war they don't want to talk about how they forced them to go and then shunned them when they came back um, or even the cause of the war in general. It is something that's kind of very hush-hush, and I think Stone is one of the only people that was like, I went there, this is what it was like, it wasn't all guts and glory, look at it. Look at it. Mm-hmm. What I'd be interested to see is someone actually take on the discussion about how many Canadians ended up fighting in that war. Yes. Because there was a lot. Yes, you have, you have personal <laughs> ties to that, obviously. Yep. So, yes, there was a lot of people that wanted to do their effort as well. And they were like, I don't want to sit here. I want to do the effort. And because Canada wasn't involved in that war, they willingly crossed and joined up, which takes a lot of bravery. And then you have people who went the opposite way. Yes. What was that... Uh... Sports announcer that was super popular in Canada for a while. Oh, oh Don Cherry? No, not him. <laughs> Which one? Uh, he was on radio. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, he was a 
draft bouncer. He went from uh, ran and hid in Canada. Well, it's um, it was also part about Jordan. Do you remember from high school? I don't know. Did you read a prayer for Owen Meany? Uh, no, nope. I did not. <laughs> okay, you're the only one, nope. Nicole. Unfortunately, anyways, but a huge part of this book is that it's taking place during the era of Vietnam, and basically Owen Meany saves his friend by cutting off his trigger finger so he doesn't have to go to war. So there's a lot of anymore, um, but you don't have to go. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's like, you don't have a finger, but it, hey, at least you don't have to go to Vietnam. Um, so like, there's a lot of different points of view, and I think. Um, Oliver Stone does a good job of showing what it's like to go and what it's like to come back. Yeah. Can we now awesome. insult Magnolia? <laughs> sure, Sam. We can suddenly <laughs> you. Um, so Sam, since you have a lot to say, um, why don't we first first of all, why don't you tell us what is your favorite cruise performance? Uh, or film, um, and then we can talk about what you don't like. Don't worry, we'll have a hot take session. Ooh, okay. <laughs> I'm looking forward to something on that movie. Okay. Lars, if you listen, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Sam, go ahead. Favorite? Probably is only because of proximity right now is Top Gun Maverick because of all the special effects and the fact that they're acting while flying in those G's. Mm -hmm. That is insane. Crazy. Jeff didn't get hurt that time, so that's a miracle. (laughs) You know, let me jump across the building and break my ankle. Oh my god. Yeah, he he likes to... uh flirt with danger, I guess we could say nicely, or passively suicidal, I don't know what you want to call it. (laughs) Yeah, no, that sounds right. (laughs) But but there is, I don't know if if any of you have seen that, there's an interview though, I I saw an interview with Miles Teller, and apparently they were doing a scene together, and I, like, I I don't know what happened, or uh, he doesn't say what happened, but basically like, Miles ended up, like, cutting his finger or something during the scene. <laughs> and, like, the director obviously, like, stops the scene and they reset. And Cruz comes up to him and he's like, are you okay? And he's like, yeah, I'm fine. He's like, you know, it's just like a paper cut. He's like, no, no. He's like, are you okay? And he's like, yeah, I'm fine. He's like, don't don't worry about it. And he's like, he's like, okay. He's like, you know, I'm just making sure you're fine. He's like, because, you know, in Mission Impossible, when I jumped this building and I, like, dusted my ankle, I ran and kept going, but I just wanted to make sure that you're okay. And I was like, wow. (laughs) Like a a little shit comment to make. (laughs) And I approve of this. I was like, such a little shit comment to make. Uh, <laughs> Are you okay? You had a tiny little paper cut. Oh, baby. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Um, <laughs> so, obviously, we've all seen Tucker and Maverick here. Um, we haven't get out. <laughs> yes. Um, so, I, and we are also 
joined by the person that I have I know has seen Top Gun Maverick the most. Kay, did yeah. you want to tell the audience how many times you've seen the movie in theater? Twenty-five. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> okay. Is this an American thing where you get cheap tickets? <laughs> okay. What it what it what it is is AMC has a pass where you can go three times a week in any format. And when I when I took my dad to uh, IMAX for Top Gun Maverick, tickets were like. 23 bucks and the price for this pass for the month was like 23 bucks so i'm like why am i spending yeah. much for just one showing in imax when i could buy this pass and go as many times as i want so wait your imax is more expensive than ours <laughs> yeah well this is california uh, i mean so basically yeah. Toronto, 21 bucks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, but anyway, it was like you're locked into a three month contract before you can cancel. So I'm like, okay, 75 bucks for like how many times in IMAX? Because I, I predicted it would come back in IMAX during the slow season in August, and thank God it did. Um, and I was also able to do the fan event we had down here where they gave away posters. So, August was where I saw most of my showings because there really was nothing else in theaters. I think even one day I saw it three times. So <laughs> Yeah, it, it became a point where like I was just doing it because I can more than anything. <laughs> but so yeah, Nicole and Jordan to translate the price to Canadian, that's a hundred and one dollars for three cool. months. Cool. See, I wish. See, yeah. I wish that existed that's here like... for us. Yeah, like I would I would pay 20 bucks a month for that because I go to the movies that often. But the one here is terrible. It's like one free movie a month and 20% off of uh, concessions. Who cares? Yeah, That's and I'm stubborn. I'm stubborn, so I'm like, I'm doing three movies a, a week. I will, if, if I'm paying for three movies a week, I will do three movies a week. So I saw that 25 times plus all the other movies I wanted to see. So I pretty much estimated I got down to two bucks per movie by the end of it. And that includes yeah, all the money's worth. formats. Yeah. Yeah. So, yes. So, so my wallet yeah. is crying. Like, <laughs> I didn't. I mean, and, like, if we had that pass, I would even go see stuff that I was, like, on the fence about or didn't even really want to see. Mm-hmm. Yes. Right? That's so. what I'm doing. <laughs> So, yeah, and, but I guess, notes. yeah, I mean, <laughs> Cineplex take notes, seriously. Landmark um, take notes. Yes, Landmark <laughs> take notes. Um, we got two. <laughs> um, Landmark, Cineplex, pick one. Um, but, yes, anyway, so we've all seen Top Gun Maverick here. Um, and, yeah, I completely agree with Sam. Uh, the practicality of it is... Anything less than jaw dropping is like an is an understatement. Um, the fact that it was even possible after thirty six years alone truly makes it lightning in a bottle. Um, because any other movie, and we we've all been through how many you know series sequels, return sequels, reboots that have not been good. 
So the fact that this one came back after almost 40 years and was like, not only is it good, I have something to say, and I can still do stuff that other movies can't do, is really, truly incredible. I think the critique of the military in it is like, it's subtle, but it's there. If you pay attention, like, especially when he's like talking back to Cyclone about like, and they come home, sir. And they know the risk. Uh, No. Yeah, 1,000%. And I think it's... So one of the things that Cruz has talked about is that he almost regretted Top Gun because he wasn't pro-military and he didn't like how that kind of boosted like military signups and stuff afterwards because everybody thought the, you know, being in the Navy looked so cool. And that's why a lot of people think he kind of automatically segued to born on the 4th of July to be like, the military is not cool. This is what it's like. This is what happens to the people that come home. And and he says that he kind of regretted doing Top Gun because he didn't want that to be the response. It's interesting that that was the response. Hmm. I mean, smart marketing, right? On the military path. (laughs) Very true there. But also, uh, someone dies, so it's not like you don't die. Oh, but I think it's like that whole honor of war aspect, right? You know the risk that you're taking, and you're gonna live on an in infamy, especially if you die in battle. I mean, then again, the U.S. military goes into like every single competition that you can have. Like they go into schools in low-income neighborhoods. That's and true. Young men have very little common sense. Sorry, Jordan. <laughs> <laughs> what what I like was that like go ahead. I liked um okay, I'll be I'll be honest. I did not see Top Gun the first one until last year with when Nicole Baby finally watched it. Oh, don't worry, same. <laughs> well, and so as, so my as an adult, see as an adult, I was kind of like, I don't like Maverick. Because he's just a little shit, and so so going so going into to Top Gun Maverick, I was like, I I don't really care about him as a character, but they evolved him so well from the first movie that I was like, I will die for you, you poor destroyed little man. Your grief, <laughs> your the your grief that you're carrying with you felt real and authentic to me personally, and I was just like. This is how you properly treat legacy characters. Like, take mm-hmm. those other franchises. Like, evolve your characters. Don't shove them to a side and introduce new people that no one really wants to know. They want they want the old characters, and they want to see the growth. Like, even the growth between him and Iceman, I wasn't expecting. And mm-hmm. that's nice. to see. Yeah. So I think we're all pretty pro- Iceman, Maverick as a couple on this podcast. Don't come for us. Uh, talk, to Tony, talk to Tony Scott. Uh, Sarah is the beard to get them through. Don't ask, don't tell. <laughs> Anyways, but 1000% agree. Um, because I think the easy route would have been like, oh, Maverick and Iceman haven't spoken for 30 years. They fought like blah 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 decades ago and haven't said a word to each other since 
And like, this is the movie that brought them back together. And then like, I, you know, RIP, if you haven't seen it, the where have you been if you haven't. Um, and then like, you know, Maverick kind of carries that regret with him because he could have repaired the relationship earlier. So the fact that they are like, put to rooster. Yeah. So, but the the fact that they're like, no, no, these men are not only have they maintained that relationship, but they're close. And Iceman has constantly been looking out for him, so much so building up his own rank, so he can let you know his little pilot man do whatever the fuck he wants <laughs> and not get his ass grounded. And has been looking out for him for thirty plus years. I was just like, that that is good writing. That is a creative way to do this. Because it's so, so easy to fall into tropes with legacy sequels. And and the fact that it didn't constantly blows me away. It would have been so easy and, you know, Star Wars can, like, take a fucking hike because they should know better than anybody that you don't earn people by killing off the original characters. Nobody wants to see that. Nobody Lane wants Harrison to Ford. No, Harrison Ford. Harrison Ford is old and grumpy. Who cares? But like, <laughs> like nobody wants to see their favorite childhood hero get killed off, even if it, they're fictional. Nobody likes that. You can do it in so many ways without being like, and you're old and you need to go die now. Like, what sort of message is that also for people that are older? You've done what you, you need to go, go die, die now. <laughs> yeah, you have to go die now. So the fact that Cruz is out here being like, not only am I fucking old now, he's like, but I'm still better at this than all of y'all little shits. He's like, and I'm going to prove it to you. I'm going to run, I'm going like, to protect you all, but I'm also going to fucking show you where to go because I'm the best at what I do. I love that I find it funny that they take... Oh, go ahead, Jordan. I well, I was gonna say I love that scene when he does the run through of the of the mission, <laughs> and then like the existential crisis that poor Cyclone's having while Warlock's in the corner going. Ah, ah. <laughs> 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 uh, oh man, I love those two so much, and poor Hondo just like I am the mother hen of all y'all, and you're giving me a heart attack. <laughs> Well, yeah, Honda's probably been looking out for Maverick as long as Iceman has. I'd probably be gray as hell, too, if I had to look out for him. I don't like that look. It's the only one I got. <laughs> <laughs> and I think, I, I, I think that he genuinely, like, you know, all practicality aside of how amazing the movie is, but... I think he has it in him to go for the Oscar. That is, like, there is a huge emotional range in this movie. A lot of character development, and um, they've been talking Nicole, a lot. they're not going to give it to an action film. You know that. You know what? <laughs> he okay, has an Oscar it, okay? He has yeah. For the real, to shove it at the Academy voters. Here. I mean, I think they really should shove it up their asses, because they're a bunch of pretentious know-it-alls who can't realize that comedy and action films are a perfectly legitimate genre, and we need to stop giving a shit only about drama. Horror is too. Horror is too. They never allow... It is a very drama drama, but it's not planes, therefore they move fast, therefore action. They don't understand things. I... I, (laughs) Um... 
but yeah, horror is often shafted too when it comes to the Academy. They're like, you can't put a horror movie here because like you had a budget of five dollars, so how can it be a good movie? That's not true either. It scares the living shit out of me. I'm not voting for it. <laughs> I yeah, so you know what? I fucking think he can do it and um it was they uh, didn't give it to Matt Damon for The Martian. They're not going to give it to Tom Cruise. And yeah, I don't think that, that it was know? a far better movie than Mr. Gruntzelot. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Gruntzelot. <laughs> I, like Mar- I like The Martian, so you have no argument for me. I really like The Martian. Yep. I still think you're oh. one over Gruntzelot. <laughs> Anyways... <laughs> Um, but yes, I I think we're all in agreement the of how wonderful Top Gun Maverick is, mm-hmm. um, and hopefully it does well and uh, come award season. Mm-hmm. If they get yeah. shafted during award season, even for like practical effects and all that, I will riot. Okay, if they, they get, get at least shafted, get effects and cinematography. Okay, if they get shafted, boy, fucking buckle up. Joseph Krasinski's gonna need me because I'm gonna fly down there myself, like, seriously. They had a jet flying next to the other jet to film. Like, come on. Yeah, like, just just give it to him. Give it to him. Do you want him to die before he gets his Oscar? Give him the fucking Oscar. No, they're gonna make him win it for when they're in space at the ISS. Okay. That's actually happening. I think I think the funniest thing though about the him acting in space is just the way that the article was worded because it made it sound like he's being excommunicated from the planet. Like no, like they don't, like we don't want him on Earth anymore. So they're they're rocketing him to space because he's no longer wanted. That's what they make it sound like. Just because he's like they're not giving me any awards for everything that I've done on the Earth. I will go to space and prove to you that I'm an amazing actor in space. <laughs> whining is what's happening. I, I mean, I don't doubt it. Um, <laughs> um, do, well, hopefully he wins an award before he goes to space. Um, <laughs> uh, okay, Sam. Um, so that was your favorite uh, movie. What would you say is your favorite Tom Cruise performance? No, that was performance. Now we're going to move. performance. <laughs> All right, my apologies. Go ahead. Okay, it, I'm sorry. It's a series. I actually really do like the Mission Impossible series. I just, I love the straight up action and ridiculousness. It brings me joy. It brings me serotonin. I don't care if they're shitty and sometimes overdone. They know their genre, and it makes me happy. Especially that last one that they did, where it was just like he's making fun of it as he's going with him being like, "I'm too old for this." <laughs> <laughs> beautiful they know where they're at and they make fun of it and i enjoy it and i'm looking forward to the next two installments amy f nicole i'm dragging you jordan i'm dragging you too you've now been dragged (laughs) oh good i'll catch up on the ones i missed though i'm gonna have to catch up on like the five of them that i missed (laughs) you also the most recent one because i dragged you to it no it wasn't me who dragged you to that one (laughs) it wasn't me it was um Chris, whatever his name is. Um, it was a group of people. Cause it was, it was Chris, you, you, me, Kathleen. Chris, Kathleen, and somebody else. 
All I remember was the floor was very sticky, wasn't it? Um, the one at it was at Varsity. No, it wasn't Varsity. Yes, it was. Which one's Varsity? Var. Uh, okay. That's the main door <laughs> one, right? Yeah, varsity's a okay, and then it was theater. varsity. Yeah. What the heck is the? Oh, right. Never mind. I'm confusing with another theater. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, before we segue into a discussion about Toronto theaters, um, yeah, that we're all sticky floors. So, well, I guess okay. So I guess I've seen three three of them. So Four. I saw I no. So I saw that one. First, second, third, and the most recent. So I saw yeah. So I. I actually rewatched one just this weekend. Okay. So, and I think my mind is... You know what? Cool. And I've made you watch uh, the one with, one of the ones with Jeremy Renner before. I've seen, yeah. I've seen sections of that one. We didn't fully finish it. That's because you were going, eh, I'm like, watch it. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I For rewatched, I rewatched one. And my mind has clearly been corrupted by the more current version of it because, boy, was it slow. Like, when they were doing the spy stuff, fantastic. That's really cool. And especially because the movie was in the late 90s. But, like, um, there's just so much talking. And I was just kind of, like... used to be like that, where it was a lot... You know, the last real spy movie that was like that was Tinker Taylor Soldier. And now they're all more and less speaking. Yes. Um, but yeah, <laughs> I guess my I, I like the music. I liked um I liked like you know the, the, the practical effects and the spy stuff. My only major takeaway from the first movie though was the fact that Tom Cruise looks both but set, like he looks forty five and like twenty five at the same time in that movie, and I was just like, I'm like, what? Is, I'm like, what, how old? What is happening? And I was completely distracted. because he doesn't age. I was completely distracted by the fact that I couldn't figure out how old he was, and so that took me out of the movie. Um, I will say, um, Kay or Jordan, have you seen any of the Mission Impossible movies? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen the first three, um, but like you, I've rewatched the first one. Um, but I, d- I haven't seen the second of their one in a while. But yeah, I, I always enjoy them. I hate the second one. So apparently, you're not the only one. Um, Kay sent me a list of where people were seeing like the worst Tom Cruise movies. I would disagree with this, but the majority of people said Mission Impossible 2. The only reason you like the second one, Nicole, is because of, ah, shit, what's his name? The actor who committed suicide. Oh, uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman is who you're thinking of. Yeah, that's the only reason you like it. And he's actually the reason I don't, because of that one scene with the virus it is ingrained in my head i don't remember how old i was but i was like someone who was like mildly don't really like and don't trust and i did not know we were going to see that movie and that's what we saw and then i was traumatized i think um but i don't even disagree i don't agree with that list now seeing some of his earlier stuff by a long shot that's like it's worse yeah there's worse stuff out there like there's definitely worse things out there and we will get there because boy if Mission Impossible 2 was the worst thing he made 
he's pretty much golden. I really do not like that movie. Oh. <laughs> um, I had nightmares. Yes, okay, I was like nine years old. Maybe. <laughs> More like eight, because it probably wasn't even my birthday yet. When did it come out? Yeah, I was eight. Oh my god. Um, to see it with my grandfather's half-sister. Who I didn't really know. Oh, jeez. I mean, that, that the would be Pickering. Remember the old school ones that you Ashley Home Furniture Store? Mm-hmm. That was the one and only time I ever went to that theater. <laughs> I, I grew up in that theater. It was like, um, I guess, K for your uh, description, it was kind of like a rundown sort of... Rundown. <laughs> like, hey, 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 be nice to that theater. I grew up in that theater. Um, insult that theater. <laughs> do not insult that theater. Um, it was basically kind of like a rundown collection of theaters that looked like an old school 1950s theater on the inside, but basically it hung on to movies for like months, and then everything was like two, three bucks. So like oh. you, I I saw Lord of the Rings there. Um, I saw Spice World there. <laughs> I, I saw I saw Godzilla 2000 there. I saw Dracula oh two thousand there. Oh uh, God. <laughs> I movies. saw. Uh, wait, wait, wait. Um, what else did I see there? Oh man. Um, I saw. Oh, jeez. Oh, I saw Oliver and Company there. Whoa. I saw. Oh, I saw something else. Something really bad. Reminding me is that you were loyal to that. Rundown didn't even have a place to put your drink cup holders theater, and then I went to the <laughs> old whiskey, not where Landmark is now. They used to have one across the street where now it's like a bunch of health buildings across from Tim Hortons. That used to be movie theaters, and that's where I saw all the old movies. Yeah, so do not insult that that junkie Insult. theater that's my <laughs> junkie theater anyways <laughs> i like that junkie theater too which which is actually where i saw my first tom cruise movie ever okay and it's actually still one of my absolute favorite movies period one of my favorite spielberg movies one of my favorite sci-fi movies and that is minority report and i know okay. I know, Nicole, you had issues because of a certain scene. No, several certain scenes. Not a certain scene. Curious. Report. Um, there is a... Scenes. She went to Involving eyeballs. Oh, those ones. <laughs> no. Stop, 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 stop. It's so gross. Yeah, Oh, I typed in minority report scenes and it all yes. I scenes. Thank you. I need to put that away. Yes. yes. Uh, put it away in your memory and never think of it again because I did not. Because Kay was like, you've never seen minority report? And I'm like, no, I haven't. And I, I sat down to watch it and I was like, I'm like, I know that scene. I'm like, but I've never seen this movie before. No. It was so goddamn traumatic. I blocked it out. Very good, excellent. Absolutely really like not. Movie. Okay, see, I'm. 
I I think it's a fine movie, no doubt about that. But my God, there's so much I I don't know what is the word Tor- torture. I porn. No, it's not porn. It's not porn. That's a good thing. I couldn't read it. I could not read it. Want me to explain why why the eye stuff is important? Yes, go ahead. Okay, so basically, um, this this movie takes place in 2054, so there is technical uh technologically advances, and it is kind of kind of creepy because this movie was made in 2002. And what it is is that um, there are scanners that read your eyeballs, and it basically creates personal advertisements for you, which is what we're seeing kind of today, you know, on the internet and such. But basically, um, he's on the run because he's going to be, well, God, do I need to explain the whole plot of this movie? <laughs> um, it's like, so what you're telling me, it's basically like a weaponized, Amazon and TikTok. Yes, kind of. So basically, he's on the run because he he actually works for this um crime division called Precog Crime. Um, these three <laughs> individuals can predict the future um future murders basically, and so he arrests people even though they haven't committed the crime because these people see the crime being committed, they arrest them beforehand. And so, he's now on the run because the people predicted that he's going to commit a murder. And he's like, oh, I'm not going to commit a murder. Why are these people committing him? But because these scanners, whenever he goes into a building or anything, read him and they can locate him this way, he has to get eye surgery and have his eyes removed. And then he holds onto his old eyes so he can, like, access, you know, stuff back at the department. That's so. Now, there is a scene where his eyes fall out of his little baggie and he's chasing his eyes. Oh, oh that's <laughs> God. Why? That would not just slightly make me laugh just because of how ridiculous it would be. It was ridiculous. Is there, also there was a scene like... at the beginning where like a guy has like no eyes. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, moving away from eye gore into something <laughs> less related it's actually related to eyes just because i was looking at the pictures from mission impossible 2 and i was like i'm pretty sure i have one of those sunglasses and uh, i wear them that's, still that's where it started the origin of yeah. sunglasses because like it's those wraparound ones i have they look like the oh, open yeah. ones i have yeah that explains a lot <laughs> yes so anyways yes minority report is a good movie but if you don't like things going in eyes or eyes being removed, do not. Me, we need to make you watch something by Guillermo del Toro that you've been putting off because of eyes. Uh, we no, no, no. Yeah, absolutely We're just not. We're going to sit you down and make you watch this. I'm okay because it's you not. haven't seen. It's, it's your favorite Mexican. You must watch his stuff. Anyway, just like I have to force you to watch Pearl Hunter. Sit down and watch it, damn it. <laughs> Anyways. We're senior rule. It, it is not your most moment to shine. And <laughs> soon, <laughs> but not now. Anyways. <laughs> um, Jordan, did you have any other thoughts on Minority Report? Um, I just really enjoyed like the plot and the worlds. 
just the idea of how you can they easily put their faith into this system that um free um to like predict the murders without thinking that someone could take advantage of it and mm -hmm. in the rabbit hole of that it also Colin Farrell. Yeah, he was good too. Yeah. Oh god, Colin, Colin Farrell, Farrell being in weird movies like that. Colin Farrell looks like a baby in this movie. I like know. he is like unrecognizable. Twink on twink violence. Yeah, he is <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Doesn't he doesn't he call him a twink or something like that? Something like that. Was. Yes, I don't know. I'm there's just like, there's like a lot of like uh, uh, there's like a lot of aggression like between them, and it was like he looks just like you. What like calm down? That's why they have to go at each other. <laughs> <laughs> there can only be one per movie. Me <laughs> when they go down each other at the Oscars this year when they're both nominated. Oh yeah. Oh right. Mm -hmm. Well, that's yeah. true. They're no think... longer twins. What would we call them now? They're twunts now. No. Yes. Yeah. What is? Term. Yeah. It's really? a, yeah. It's twink to twunk. A twunk is a twink hunk. <laughs> Go at me. That is the term. I know, but I feel like they grew out of the twinks, but they're not twinks anymore. Like the, the that part does not hunk. They are hunk, but no. <laughs> Oh, no. man. Uh, you took no. another peg between twunk and hunk that they would fall. Thank you. <laughs> oh, this is a great, great, great segue. Um, anyways, before we divulge into the history of twinks, um, Jordan, did you want to let us know about what is your favorite Tom Cruise performance? Um, probably would have to be. Um, that Oprah interview he did where he was jumping on the sofa. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, shots fired. So many memes. I think that was probably one of the earliest internet memes for me. <laughs> Definitely. That poor coach never stood a chance. Uh, um, but um, we already talked about Maverick, so maybe we can talk about one of his... Um, earlier one since we were just talking about sunglasses earlier um risky business oh okay i guess one thing i really just like is how easily he's able to go from like the nerdy business high school student and then like as soon as he puts on the glasses he just becomes the cool guy like, running the show. <laughs> I I mean, yeah, I, I didn't think about it that way, but it is kind of like a la Superman, like Clark Kent. It's a kind of like a reverse, like he puts them on and he becomes <laughs> cool. So, yeah, but like yeah. It. Yeah, I haven't seen that movie in a while. Um, Jordan, did you want to let the audience know what that one is about? Um, so basically... Um... He's um rich he's he's a rich kid who um goes to school. He has like um he's doing okay in school. He's he's gonna like retake his um 
uh, SATs to get higher scores. He's in like a bunch of school clubs. He's in like this um, future leaders business club. His father is going to get him an interview with Princeton um, and then or, or Harvard. Sorry. And then his um, folks go away for a week. Um, and it all starts when his friend tries to set him up with uh with one of those um phone dates mm-hmm. and then through a series of misadventures he meets um meets this girl uh Lana and they hit it off and it turns out that um and she's essentially i guess a prostitute on the run from her pimp and okay. basically she um makes a proposition to Tom Cruise's character um because she because she finds out that he's a rich kid she like overprices prices her service and then he panics uh, she steals this like apparently really expensive crystal or glass egg thing that his mom really likes and in part of getting it back he kind of sets up um the students at his school with um with her friends and it's and then in the end he kind of even though he makes all this money he ends up losing it at the end um, cuz he gets played interesting the business I, was risky it was a risky business <laughs> wow wow <laughs> Well, I'm glad the title worked at least. <laughs> and so is it that's it, you have to re- remind me because I haven't rewatched this one. Um so does it feel dated by today's standards or oh, yeah. is it like very much it's very much of its time? Yeah, yeah, it feels dated, but um like still it's fun. still watchable. Um, okay. Like, Like even the scene, like like there's a scene with um with a drag queen, and then it's for a 1983 movie. Like they handled it pretty well, I think. Mm-hmm. Even if you were looking at it with today's lens. Yes. Because um, like usually when you think about these older movies, like they play it like for laughs or like for like right this, right um weird horror angle, but but that was fine. Um. But, like, there's still, like, a lot of, like, I guess, yeah, there's some dated stuff, but, like, it, it wasn't too bad, I thought, on my rewatch. Okay. And, Kate, have you seen this one? Yes, I did. And I don't think it's exactly the same Porsche, but I did notice that he did have a Porsche, and then Penny and Topka Maverick had a Porsche, and I was like, I don't know if that was a coincidence or not. Again, I don't think it's the hmm. same model. But I do remember there is a scene where the Porsche is on... Oh, wait, no, this is why he needed money, right? Cause yeah, oh, I Porsche panicked when that happened. Off. I was like, oh, no. The Porsche was on the dock, and then the dock collapsed, and it went in the car, the car went in, and then he needed to oh. get the car. That's why he needed money. Yeah. Because <laughs> he had to get oh. the car clean. Oh, I yeah. liked I had so much second-hand embarrassment from that happening. Yeah, I was like, oh, dude, no. You kind of deserve it, though, but still. Mm-hmm. 
So this is not a, a movie for Sam then, because of the second-hand embarrassment. Probably <laughs> not. You, you, you're gonna, you'd hate there, this. But he, he's got um, more second-hand embarrassing movies than this one. So, most definitely. Like, <laughs> like I do, I do very much enjoy the fact that within the same year of 1988. He was in a movie that was nominated for Best Picture and won Best Picture, Rain Man, and then Cocktail, which was the Razzie. I think it might have been the Razzie winner. Boy! In the Ooh, same Jesus year. Christ. I think he's the that only, mo- only one. He just took as many jobs as they were going to offer him. He was still just a baby alien worshiper. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. But boy, that movie, rough. Rough, rough stuff. Was it so, a no, no, we'll get to how so the bad stuff, but cocktail is a ooh, big when yikes. Can we insult Magnolia? <laughs> it's coming, it's coming. Jeez, uh, <laughs> impatiently. Oh my goodness, don't tell Paul Thomas Anderson, my lord. Um. <laughs> Okay. Um Jordan, did you have anything else to add? Um one random thing I thought was funny was just how the mom throughout the movie was like, "Oh, you know, like we trust you, like you know, like yeah. uh make good choices and all this stuff." And then at the very end of the movie, when she looks at the glass egg and she sees that there was like a small crack in it apparently from like all the shenanigans that happened, then she's she just like I'm so disappointed in you. We thought, <laughs> like, like, over the, like, like, despite everything that happened, and like, and that's what set her off. That sounds like a solid hashtag eighties. Uh, got it. Got like a Home Alone vibe to it. Um, yeah, he had a. He had a lot of <laughs> weird. I'm gonna have to read 80s movies. I had to explain what Heather's was to some teachers who definitely were alive during that point in time. Oh, God. (laughs) Don't get me started on that. See, I'm not even surprised about that. That one surprises me less now because I have met my more than fair share of adults who haven't seen Heather's. So, like, it does not hold up. It does not hold up. Well, it, it. it well it doesn't it doesn't hold up in like the fact they tried to remake it it is very much of its time they tried to do a modern version of it and the show got canceled before it even aired that Um, makes sense because like you can't make movies about stuff that legitimately can happen in real life now well that the thing is the the thing is at this point in time all those things have now happened so it's not a joke at that that's very serious exactly at that point in time those things i'm sure were happening but there wasn't you know school violence on that level and there wasn't um, 252 school shootings a year exactly so yeah it's very much of its time and you can approach it with a modern day mindset or you're gonna have a terrible time especially with a movie like heather's um but yeah that is a movie that a lot of adults I realize have not seen. So that one doesn't surprise me as much, to be Ooh. honest. Um, but 
something like Top Gun surprises me a lot that a lot of people haven't seen. We were making fun of one of the ki- girls in our workroom because of it. So, um, like that, <laughs> like that. The original, we're just like shame, shame. There was um, well, there's a like like last um when you're talking about it when when Maverick came out and one of my coworkers at my other job she was like oh she's like but you've never seen the original because you're we talking about like her Halloween costumes and I was like oh my the lady my mother and father sat me down in front of Tony Scott movies as a child and was like. Have a good time because I saw I saw that and I saw Days of Thunder way way more than I should have and I I don't know whether we just own these movies and they're like here watch a VHS and shh but I saw those movies way, that. way more than I should have and probably way too young an age to probably, probably not fully understand. It was probably your sister. Sorry, Christine. Going. I don't want to deal with you. Here's the movie. <laughs> shush. <laughs> look at look. Look at the pretty planes and shh. Like and but oh. That, that definitely sounds like a Christine uh-huh. babysitting tactic. <laughs> well, it was either that or it was French art house movies that she did get in trouble for. I don't remember what movie Again, it was. French art. But... That does sound like a Christine babysitting tactic. <laughs> Yeah, she used to. We rent love French... you, by the way. We love you, but she used to rent French art house movies when my parents weren't home, when she had to babysit, and she'd be like, "We're gonna watch this," and I was like, mm, "Which is okay. just a fancy porno." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I I probably saw things that I probably should not have seen at a very young age, and I was like, mm, "Okay." <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, so it doesn't, it doesn't truly shock me, um, that a lot of people have not seen 10 of these called 80 classics, but, um, it is sad. 90s children know more about 80s classics than the people who were alive during the 80s. Exactly, exactly. Um, uh, (laughs) awesome. Okay. Um, so I guess I should say my favorites. Um, so my favorite, I think, ooh, that's tough. Um, I would say that my favorite. <laughs> no, I have my stuff. Don't worry. Um, I... <laughs> my goodness, I would say my favorite cruise performance. Um, would probably be Vanilla Sky. Yes. Um. So. Uh. Cameron Crowe, and basically, uh, it's a fantastic movie. It's very existential. Um, I wouldn't recommend watching it if you're kind of feeling down in the dumps. It is not necessarily um, a happy-go-lucky movie, for lack of a better word. Um, But basically, it's kind of trippy, and it's based off of the Spanish movie uh, of the same, or of the name Abre los ojos, Open Your Eyes. Um, and also starting Penelope Cruz, um, in the Spanish version, and basically Cameron Crowe made an American version of the Spanish film, um, and Cruz and Cruz, ironically, um, and basically it's this guy named David, and he's kind of like the CEO of this magazine company, and he's like, you know, you're sort of 
90s typical playboy character, kind of a douche, like, sleeps around with a lot of women, etc. Um, kind of has a sort of thing going with Cameron Diaz, and she thinks that he loves her, he is using her. Um, and he meets Penelope Cruz at a party, his friend brings her, and he, like, instantly falls in love with her, wants everything to do with her. Um, and she's, like, kind of sort of into him, but she doesn't really know him. Um, and then the movie kind of takes a very sharp left, and, um, uh, Cameron Diaz basically does a suicide pact attempt with him, and she gets in a car, puts him, basically gets him in the car, crashes the car, kills herself, maims him, um, and he's left kind of scarred up and damaged, and... The movie from that point on kind of diverges into, I don't know whether you would call it sci-fi or not, but it becomes very trippy and existential, and you start kind of uh, doubting what David is seeing is the real thing. Um, and like a psychological at, thriller, maybe? Yeah, yeah, I would say that's a good word for it. And at the center of it is Penelope Cruz, who he's still very much enamored with. and the rest of the movie kind of becomes what is real and what is fake and what actually happened. Um, and basically it kind of becomes a story of, of grief and kind of letting go of grief and also being able to kind of accept that people might not be in your life as long as you'd like them to. Um, and also kind of being able to think that there might be multiple chances with people uh, in the next life, if you believe in that sort of thing. Um, yeah, it's... I know it kind of gets a lot of shit nowadays, um, but to be fair, in comparison even to something else that Cameron Crowe did, which is Jerry Maguire, um, also with Cruz... <laughs> It ironically, the people in this movie feel more real than the ones in that one, and they're not in this dream steep in Jerry Maguire. In Jerry Maguire, everybody's like praising him constantly and being like, Jerry, you're the best. Jerry, everything you say is brilliant. You're like a like a walking talking god. And I was like, no, <laughs> nobody no nobody talks like that. Like there's literally a scene where he goes to like print his manifesto and the guy is like you're doing good work. I'm like, you don't know him. What is, ha- <laughs> what is happening? He, you don't know he's doing good work. What? Like, th- that doesn't happen in real life. So the fact like, that stuff like that was happening in Jerry Maguire. In a creepy evangelical setting. Clearly, because you're doing a good job. You're doing good work. You're doing the Lord's work. That is very, very common. Be happy you've never experienced that. I'm going to escort myself out. Yeah, that yeah, that's it was it was like really, really weird. So the fact that the people in Vanilla Sky seem more realistic <laughs> than Jerry Maguire's is a lot. Um and yeah, I I just think it's fantastic and um it is quite heartbreaking to be honest of a movie but 
I, I think it's one of Cruz's best performances. Um, has anybody else seen this movie? Yeah, you and I watched it together on what was probably the, the worst day for us to watch it. Um, but why is that? This, this, yeah, this along with I think Minority Report and Top Gun Maverick are my three favorite best cruise movies. If I do an overlap of what I think is my best and my favorite, and this movie wrecked me on a huge level. <laughs> like, I was sobbing by the end. Like, even right now, listening to you recap it, it's, like, making me tear up. But I <laughs> am um, someone who um, actually does a lot of lucid dreaming. And so just figuring out that that's what was going on, pretty much, it was like, wow, I feel very called out right now on so many levels, as well as some other personal levels. but. That ending just wrecked my mate, and that uh, I was looking up the song. <laughs> yeah, the song, the nothing song by, I'm gonna butcher this, but Sigur Ross. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I think that's like, uh, that song just kills me. Also, like I think it's just beautiful, and on top of the whole vanilla sky look, and then the cat quote. Yes, yeah, there's a great line, and I, uh, I I was listening to your podcast recently, and they didn't like it, but I quite like it, but the right. line that, that Penelope Cruz is constantly saying to Tom Cruise in that movie, especially because things, like, when things don't work out, she says, I'll see you in another life when we are both cats, and it's that... <laughs> belief that you know you're going to meet people again and maybe not in the form of a human but you will the people that mean something to you or impact you you will see again um and i think there's something quite beautiful about that because death is something that is that beyond and all the only people that can tell us what happened are the people that pass away and they can't come back and tell us so it is that thing that keeps us awake right um and especially when especially when we get attached to people and not even the fact so much as they may pass away, but they're just out of our lives for whatever reason. Um, and we never see them again. It is kind of that that giant what if, what are they doing with their lives? Uh, what could have been, what should have been. Um it is a lot of, you know, big hypotheticals, obviously, but it is those people that impact your life, whether they're in it for the long run or the short run, and whether they pass away or not. Um, but I think Cruz is fantastic in this, and he he does really, really well as kind of, you know, both this douchebag mogul um, and kind of this guy on the verge of a nervous breakdown. And when the world starts collapsing around him, uh, you you believe it, you buy it. Um, I think he works really well with Cruz. I know that she's. You can kind of see. Um, I guess if I must say something, you can say see that she's not maybe necessarily always comfortable because it's not. Um, she's not as experienced in her uh, English speaking at that point. But I think she does a really good job. And to be fair, Cameron Crowe is a lot of really heavy dialogue so i think i would struggle with his stuff and i'm a native english speaker so i there's i don't think there's any fault to her in that 
Um, but it's uh, it is a bit of a tearjerker. I can't lie. I think you have to be in the right mood for it. Yeah, like I said, it was the worst day to watch it, but also kind of the best. Um, so, but yeah, I think Cruz really, really shines in that. Um, have you seen this one either, Sam or Jordan? Uh, I have not, but I do want to check it out after um, after two's description of it. Yeah, um, I know, Sam, you were really hesitant to watch this one. Which one again? This is Vanilla oh, Sky. <laughs> okay, I wasn't sure if we were on the same movie still. <laughs> yeah, yeah, still in the same movie, don't worry. Maybe one day. <laughs> <She's> <laughs> Well, um, while we're while we're on this movie, can we also just briefly comment on another Cruz and Cameron Diaz movie before we forget? Sure. Um. um so I guess the uh, Cruz and Diaz are in together. They're in Night and Day, um, from the mid two thousands, and two thousand ten. Is it two thousand ten? Okay. What's this one? Um, no, I don't think so. I don't know, I actually. I have a different one. Never mind, then. Okay. Um, it'd be kind of funny if it was. Um, but basically, I, I just... Rom Mission Impossible esque rom-com would be the best way to describe it. It's very cheesy. It's like high-key cheese. So I think someone so. that might be closest to what Cruz is like in real life. <laughs> um in- interesting to say the least. It's basically like him jumping off of buildings and then being like, oh hi, I guess you're here and you can join me while I risk my life. You're just gonna be like, oh, okay, have fun, I'll watch from over here. Just just don't get too hurt. Okay bye. Wait, that wait. sounds like Cruz in real life. So yeah, I am agreeing with that statement. <laughs> I want to find this tweet about it. Okay. <laughs> um. Right. So, but um, but yeah, that I think that it's funny. Also, kind of seeing um, uh, Cruz and so and Cameron kind of act off of each other, especially after seeing them in Vanilla Sky, where she kind of plays crazy stalker girlfriend and he's kind of crazy stalker boyfriend and this sort of yeah, okay okay this tweet night day is oh wait night and day is such a jarring fucking viewing experience i feel like if you change the music and the 27 dresses rom-com ass lighting you could make an incredible psychological thriller with tom cruise's performance alone he's you so could scary. He's so scary to me, this movie. It feels like he thought this was going to be more of a dark comedy. Like, the performance he's giving is way stranger, and the tone of the final product ends up being... Like, he kind of wants... He's just... He's just... Like, when, like, she wakes up in a bikini, and she's like, how did you get me in this bikini? And he's just like... <laughs> I, I mean, it's just like... Yeah, he just kind of, like, spends a lot of the movie kidnapping her and, like, swapping her from location to location. And you're just kind of, like, like, if it was, like, I agree. Like, if you changed the music and it made it, like, like, sinister music, he'd be like, 
the crazy assassin is stalking her. Call 911. Like, it's very borderline. Like, if this was not played with a laugh track, like, you could read this the wrong way. It's, not, it's still fun, but it's very much like, is he, is he a good person? I don't know if he is. Yeah. But I had um, fun with that. I had more fun with that one than I thought I would. Mm-hmm. Yeah, me too. Um, but yeah, I thought that was a, a, a pretty good one as well. Um, and I guess um I I just my favorite overall movie, and Sam can judge me for this, uh, because she's gonna judge me because I liked his appearance in it. Um, I would have to be the last samurai. Um so, like you I judged. said, yeah, <laughs> Sam <laughs> judged. Um, on a superficial level, he looks great. Why are we going to fucking lie and beat around the bush about it? He looks great. Um, I just think it's, I think it's one of those movies that now gets misjudged as a white savior movie, which is really unfair to it because it is actually the exact opposite of a white savior movie. Um, Tom Cruise doesn't go in there and save the Japanese. He's not there to kind of be, he's not the last samurai, unlike the cover of the movie would make you believe, because he's kind of decked out in the apparel and whatnot. Um, Ken Watanabe is the last samurai, and he's fucking fantastic in this movie. I love him in this movie. So, so good. And you know what it reminds me of? The way that what? we talk about it now. Um, it reminds me of how The Great Wall was discussed, even though it's a Chinese director who's trying to break out into the North American cinema. It has multiple languages, and Matt Damon definitely is not the savior of the movie. However, people are just ridiculous. Matt 100... Damon is the savior of his boyfriend. Yes, Pedro Pascal. <laughs> Um, 100% agree, Sam. It it is exactly like that because it, like, the marketing and the way that it's done, it's like, ooh, the white guy is here and everybody trusts the white guy. No, no, that's not it at all. It's the white guy that's out of his depth. The white guy who grows an appreciation for these different cultures. And when we meet Cruz's character, he's a Civil War veteran. He's tormented by these things that he's seen he hates the person he is for what he's done uh he's an alcoholic and he basically his time in japan and being exposed to the culture um like you see his his character change he like learns japanese and takes up their customs and ultimately sides with the japanese uh during the war um and you know, he puts faith in their way of life and their customs and beliefs more so than, you know, his his own people. And, like, kind of once he's on that path, he doesn't really be like, like, you know, he's not like, uh, like, he, it's not like he gets rescued and he's like, fuck you, America's the best, back I go. Like, he stays with them the whole movie. Um, and it's a really sort of fascinating and tragic kind of look at... Uh, this lost, these lost peoples and these lost, this lost sort of customs um, is part of uh, Japanese heritage. Mm-hmm. Um, has any of you seen this movie? 
Yes, I actually saw it in theaters because it came out when I was in high school and I took Japanese class. Mm-hmm. It was basically like, go see this movie for extra credit. <laughs> <laughs> and nice. I, re- I remember, yeah, and I remember seeing it on New Year's Day and my dad having to go to the bathroom like near the end. But when he came back, he didn't come back to sit with me. He sat in the front. <laughs> so I was like, okay. Yeah, that's that's what I remembered of it. But no, I rewatched it recently, and I was just like, oh yeah, this. I do agree, it is a good look. But um, and then yes. I, I forgot how good Ken Watanabe was in it. I was like, dang, I forgot how much I enjoyed him as an actor, honestly. For me, I've seen bits and pieces, kind of like how you've seen bits and pieces of the, uh, fourth. Mission Impossible movie. Mm-hmm. So, but I yeah, I think to do a double feature of this and the Great Wall, I guess. <laughs> that, okay, that's a great this, idea. This Last Samurai is long. Okay, I'll need a break in between. <laughs> <laughs> An intermission. Um, but yeah, you can do a a, a marathon of falsely accused white savior movies. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> also could be a um, podcast episode. Yeah. Oh, that's true. That's true. Um, but yeah, I think it's it's really well done. I guess I also wanted to kind of give a mini shout out. Uh, another movie that I would say that I really liked from Cruise uh, was Oblivion. Um, so same director as Top Gun Maverick, and those from early 2010s in 2013 2013. Uh, I feel like I know this one I I don't know if you've seen this one maybe you have Mm. Um, but basically I guess sort of farthest thing away from the samurai era in the future uh, basically Tom Cruise works as uh, kind of this proprietor and collector of of what is left of planet Earth and the colony that was there. Um, and he works with a partner and they basically like live in this sort of, I guess, spaceship. Um, and they're going to destroy the planet. And we find out that he actually is quite fond of what was formerly planet Earth and he kind of wants to stay there. His partner does not. And it kind of becomes sort of this... A uh, sweeping tale when you find out that he isn't who he thinks he is. Very heavily That's sci-fi. <laughs> yeah, very heavy, heavy sci-fi. Not complicated though. I would say it's not like a like you know it's not like a a head scratcher per it se. Was a slow though, at the beginning. Yeah, of- for sure. And I think there was just a moment because, like you know his character seemed cool in the first half, but there is kind of this moment that just made him very human, and I think from that point on, his character kind of clicked for me, and basically, he's been hiding out at this sort of uh, cottage in the uh, by a lake that he's kind of hidden from his partner, and he's hoarding all his kind of like human stuff that he's found, and he has like a pet fish and like records and all these sort of odds and ends that he's kind of found from what was left of human civilization. So he's like and human like, Wally. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, that's exactly it. 
and he's like like you know so fond of what was human life and like wants to go back to it that's exactly it jordan like it's very wally-esque um does he dance to hello dolly (laughs) (laughs) he does not but i think that would have made it 10 times better um but yeah, I, I highly, highly recommend that. Um, I kind of want to give that one a mini shout out. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. I mean, I know. Through, I mean, I uh, before watching him, I got that one kind of mixed up with Edge of Tomorrow as being his like 2010 sci-fi movies. And I know that one you didn't like as much as Oblivion, right? And yeah, not as much. I liked it more when I rewatched it. But it's it's still not my favorite out of the two as as far as a sci-fi movie goes. Yeah, I, I like that one maybe more than Oblivion on my end. Mm-hmm. Um, but I can understand why you're saying the re- the repetitive stuff got too repetitive or whatever. Oh, but well, I mean, I, yeah, I mean, I think the thing was with Edge of Tomorrow, um, like obviously or whatever name it's known by, Edge of Tomorrow. Yeah, like- Many different titles. It has, mm-hmm. it has like five different titles. I saw another one recently that I'm always like, what what is it called? So it's like Edge of it's... Tomorrow, uh, Live Die Repeat, All You That's Need the is... different country ones. And then no, but apparently like this was like working titles. It wasn't even like country to country. Oh. So it was like this bid the buckle. And then I just saw another one recently. It was like all you need is guns or something weird. Like all you need is guns. Yeah, and I was like, I'm like, I'm like, pick a title, pick a title, and stick with it, please. I'm so confused. No, Nicole, all you need is guns. Get your guns out. <laughs> so, oh my, yeah, it doesn't have the same effect, huh? <laughs> um, go get your guns. <laughs> oh my god. Uh. I, I do I will say it is kind of fun to see Chris's character go from like a complete coward um to like you know a war hero by the end of that one. It but is. um but yes, anyways, let's segue to our next section, which Sam has so patiently been waiting for. Um so let's hit him with our cruise hot takes. Um Sam, since you are riled up. Why don't you take this away? Magnolia is shit. <laughs> <laughs> no, Sam, you have to put more emphasis in it. Okay. You've been building up for this. Okay, okay, I'm getting there. Give me a second. Okay, overall the movie is terrible. I don't know why people thought it was such an amazing movie. That, oh, it's so... You're not going to guess what happens. You're not going to understand. Don't put the damn frog part in the first five minutes. You have to have the sign with Exodus on it. And if people know it, they're going to be obvious. It's it's definitely the verse about the ten plagues, and specifically the one about frogs. <laughs> first of all, that's a mistake. Second of all, the only good part of it is probably Tom Cruise having an existential crisis. And I say Tom Cruise because it's Tom Cruise. Not anyone else. Yeah, that's just it's not Tom an acting. It's him. Also, I don't feel bad for any of the other characters either because they're all stupid <laughs> and reaping their own reward. Dear Lord, <laughs> was the only one nominated for an Oscar. Yeah, he that's was. Depressing. 
None of the rest of the characters had any enduring qualities. None. So, I... I will say, I completely agree with him in the aspect that, um, that, yeah, that's not Frank or whatever the fuck his character's name is. Um, that's Tom Cruise. There's this, like, it's a big pile of daddy issues, like, holy moly. And you're just kind of like, haha, that's too good acting to be acting. Someone please... Someone please get him therapy, please and thank you. Religious trauma, one oh one. Also, like seriously, again, what's up with this stupid Exodus thing? Like, don't give away your movie in the first five minutes. And and just for our listeners, Sam is a very very smart person. So if she's, um, if you're able to stump her, you you've got a good movie on your hands. I know a movie's got a good mystery when Sam will lean over, and if I've seen it before, she hasn't. And she's like guessing, and I'm like, okay. I'm like the move, the writing in the movie's good. She can't figure it out, but I think because this movie also is so fucking long, it's like three hours, <sighs> and you're just kind of like, I know Sam went to see it in theaters. <laughs> I'm sure it was a long fucking three hours because if you figure it out in the first five minutes, you have to sit there. For, for the next like two hours and fifty minutes, <laughs> you're giving me flashbacks. Uh, has anybody else seen this movie? Yeah, this is the last main Tom Cruise movie that I just watched this week. Um, I liked it honestly, <laughs> but. <laughs> Or should I say, I liked my my uh, letterbox review a lot. Oh, did you, did you want to tell the audience uh, what your letterbox review was? Yes, um, Sam might actually appreciate it, but it was going. The ending was a tad parentheses pull predictable. Yep. But um, gentle. Beautiful use of the pun. Bravo, bravo. Well done. <laughs> um, yes. Uh, so, yeah, it is a bit of a... Uh, you know, and the Fog. funny thing is... Well, yes. Um, uh, Jordan, have you had a chance to see this movie? <laughs> I have not, but based on what I'm hearing, I have mixed feelings on I should see it. Yeah, it, the, the the funny thing about this movie is is that um, it came out the same year as Eyes Wide Shut, and mm-hmm. both both these movies are kind of polar opposites of each other, and both of them kind of mark more or less the last time that Tom Cruise will fully put his hands or his himself in the hands of a director without kind of being connected to a movie. Um. He's like, so, I've been two shit movies. I now will officially direct myself. <laughs> so, well, yeah, well, it's because after this point, he's either like producing or executive producing, or he's in there in some way that's more than just like, hi, I'm here to act. Like, he has his hand in the pie and in a way that like other actors don't from this point on. And like, I feel like he was so traumatized. From this and from Eyes Wide Shut, which, if you know anything about Kubrick, is kind of notoriously 
like he got good performances out of his actors, but but it's Kubrick. Well, well, so yeah, he tortured the fuck out of them. Like everybody knows about about Shelby Duvall in The Shining, and he mercilessly tortured her, basically. Um, and so Eyes Wide Shut took two years to film, and they thought it was going to take six months. Yeah, good fucking luck. But anyways, two years to film, and basically Kubrick is that notorious you got to do every scene 50 to 100 times, mm-hmm. and he caused crews so much stress and he's like in his what early 30s at this point um he caused crew so much stress he gave him stomach ulcers um because he was like so fucking stressed out about this movie and basically i guess for this movie for those who haven't seen it is basically uh a couple a doctor and his wife and basically she doesn't even do anything, mind you. She pitches the idea that she had an agreement about an affair. And this poor man gets so stressed out about the fact that his wife is thinking about someone else. He basically drives himself crazy, diving into this underground sex cult. Um, yeah, like his leaps of logic didn't make sense to me in the beginning of the No, movie. no, my so lord. Like- and also... Sorry, Jordan, go ahead. Please, go ahead. No, no, I was just going to say, like, why would you do any of this just because your wife brought up this hypothetical scenario? Exactly! So she's not even like, she's not even like, babe, I hate to tell you, but I had an affair. It's, I had a dream in which I had an affair. And he's like, oh, shit. Oh, damn. He's like, our relationship is ruined. And it's like, Wait, wait, I'm like, she didn't have it. Calm down. And the rest of the movie is basically people throwing themselves at him and being like, please have sex with us. Please cheat on your wife. And he's like, no, I can't. I can't do it. And he's like the most tortured man to ever look like, to be offered sets ever. And despite he looks, this, he puts himself in these situations. Yes, and then he he willingly seeks out this underground sets cult, and when he discovers it, continues to go back until his life is in danger. And you're the just like... telling him to go, he has no idea what he's talking about, and he just doesn't leave. Yes, yes, exactly. And like people are risking their lives for him, and he's just like, nah, 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 fam, I gotta find out about the set sculpt. You're just like, you're like, what is happening? And he's like, and he very looks very Kubrick. He looks so Kubrick. So, like, he looks so miserable. It's like, like, I'm watching this movie, and I was like, I'm like, is this man asexual? He looks so unhappy to be offered sets in any capacity. Even with his wife, he looks like he doesn't want to be there or anywhere that is involving it. And yet it's all over the place. And there's just like so many weird situations will be like, sleep with my daughter, sleep with this prostitute. And I'm just like, like what what is happening? Like, and apparently because it's Kubrick, so he would kind of grill both Kidman and Crew separately about their marriage. Um and then he would be like, like, and you know, they 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 trust him, so they'd open up to him. And then he'd be like, mm, okay. And like, 
he would just kind of leave it there. So if he would be like, I'm insecure about this, he'd be like, huh, fascinating. All right, don't worry about it. Okay, let's go to set. And you're just like, oh, oh my god. Like, apparently, Chris Cruz is such a workhorse. He would ask Kubrick, like, what was his character's motivation? And, like, he would be like, ah, I, I just think he's kind of like you. And he'd be like, I think he looks like you. I think, like, you know you guys have the same personality. And Cruz would get upset. And he'd be like, I'm nothing like this guy. I love my wife. I love sets. Like, what are you talking about? And he like, oh don't dear, worry. sweet lord. Yeah, he'd be like, don't worry about it. And he'd be like, no. He's like, I'm nothing like this man. He's like, he'd be like, don't worry about it. And like, could you imagine doing that to someone? What are you insecure about? Let's never talk about it again. Now that you've told me, like, it's it's in like, and to his credit, he gets a fucking heck of a performance out of out of Cruz, but at what cost, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jordan, uh, you've oh, seen this movie? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, this was uh, one of the ones I, I rewatched. Well, no, no, this was my first time watching it, yeah. And yeah, that was a uh, it was a trip. <laughs> <laughs> Jordan, then... have you seen a lot of Kubrick films before? Um... Maybe the only other one I've seen is The Shining. That's it. Uh, I gently request slash order you to watch Doctor Strangelove or How I Learned to Stop Worrying and Love the Bomb. Please well, end the story. Go watch to it. Watch and I just I'm on, it's on my get list. To it. <laughs> <laughs> it is entertaining and is one of my favorite movies ever. <laughs> it's a, it's a good movie. Um, Nicole knows I love that movie. <laughs> It's a good movie. Um, so I completely support your love of that movie. Forcing Jordan to watch it. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I agree, Jordan. It's a trip. Uh, Kay, what do you think about this movie? I think it's a Christmas classic now. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, it, takes, it, takes it does take Christmas. place at Christmas. Yeah, it does. Actually, they're showing it. Um, at a theater near uh, in Toronto near Christmas, so why? Because it's a Christmas classic. <laughs> nothing is friggin' Tiff playing Schindler's List at Christmas. Oh, and Son of All Salt. On Christmas. Um, but Sam, yeah. nothing says Christmas. Nothing says Christmas like thinking that your wife is having is having an infidelity with somebody else and you stress worry yourself to fucking death nothing says christmas like actually i think on letterbox the people who have the ability to change the movie posters i think someone as a joke put up like a christmas poster version of (laughs) that's why it's done beautiful I will I will say there's a lot of scenes with Christmas lights in it and it's like really pretty despite what's happening. So okay, and so apparently other movies on. Apparently there's this rumor. So I you know how like people are always like, oh, Kubrick knew more than like than everyone else, so that's why they killed him. So apparently <laughs> there's this rumor that in the final scene of the movie, they're like in a big Christmas toy store with their daughter, and they're like talking about what happened, basically. And 
Now, I have not gone back to see if this is true or not, but the rumor is, or there's like a whole breakdown about how you can see men in the background taking their child away. And like the whole thing, like the reading of it is like they have sold their child off basically to like sex traffickers, which makes no sense. But that is the whole interpretation of the end of that movie. And how true that is, Lord only knows. But that's what I recently heard about that end of the movie, is that you can see this child being taken away. And I was like, what is happening? I have not heard this interpretation. I Neither have I, but this is what apparently some people believe. So deal with that what you will. You mean so, crushing people's in... sanity? <laughs> yeah, well. Yeah. Um but yes, anyways, uh let's get back to our hot tates. Jordan, did you have any hot tates? Um I mean, I think I said all of mine with eyes wide shut. I think that was <laughs> okay. most of it. Anything else you would like to add about Tom Cruise in general? Any hot take about a movie you have feel strongly about? I mean, I enjoy most of his stuff. Like, I think that was the, of what I watched, that was the one that stood out to me as a, what? <laughs> that that is a, that is a solid reaction. <laughs> You're just kind of like, huh? Okay. <laughs> yeah, it's just all right, all right. Um, but yes, and that also kind of marked the end, the nail in the coffin for. Cruz and Kidman's relationship as well. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah they they divorced shortly after this movie. I mean, it kind of reminds me of what is that movie where Jolie and Pitt were in together that also spelled oh, the end god. of their marriage. Oh god, the god. Jesus Christ! <laughs> no, by ocean something. No, by the sea, by the sea. I had bottom body of water in it. Same thing. Yeah. You know what? Nobody should ever watch that movie, ever. <laughs> like, spare yourself, your eyes, and your patience. Just don't watch that movie. It's so it's, bad. it's just like voyeurism, the movie. Like, just do not. Do not. Let's um, go that's watch a... their marriage fall <laughs> apart. And, like, and I will say, they both look like shit in that movie. Like, they both look like hot trash like i mean so, they so both kind of are i mean but like they look it like that's the point where they're like oh brad pitt angeline julie most beautiful couple they look like hot trash in this <laughs> so Excellent. so bad anyways that's a whole different story for a whole other time <laughs> uh, <laughs> jordan did you have anything else to add um like just in general, you mean, or still about eyes wide shut? Uh, and just in general, any any sort of cruise hot takes? Um, no, I think I okay. I, think I said most of them. Jordan okay, likes awesome. cruise Kate? movies and doesn't hate them. <laughs> <laughs> That's his hot take. Uh, Kate, did you have anything that you? Uh, what are your hot takes that you'd like to add? Um. I do have a hot take on a movie, but it's not really about Cruise in general. Um, mm-hmm. I think 
War of the Worlds was actually really good. Yeah. And in the in the first when I first saw it in theaters, I was like, um, whatever. Um, because I guess I had the um the notion like this is basically a remake and remakes are never really, you know, that good. And then I rewatched it recently and I think being about two decades removed from 9-11, um, I thought this was probably the closest movie I've watched. Um, even maybe more so than actual 9-11 movies that capture the feeling of that day. Um, I know you guys are closer to New York than I am, so I don't know what it was like for you that day. But on a personal level, I was just like, holy fuck, this is exactly the mood this country was going through. And I was like, this is much better than I thought for that reason, in a weird way. Yeah, mm-hmm. I've got a point there, because like, we're a lot closer, and we also live really close to a nuclear plant. So the mm-hmm. day that happened, we became a no-fly zone, obviously. But there was rumors that helicopters and planes were flying around the nuclear plant. Obviously, they weren't. But, like, people were coming and taking their kids out of school, left, right, and center. Because, like, I went to school literally a kilometer from the nuclear plant. And it was really weird. Like, you could tell something was wrong with the teachers. And, like, we didn't find out until later. But, like, we kind of knew. And then it was just, like, straight through the next, like, week because also oh, Newfoundland had all the people in Gander so you, you kept hearing about that on the news as well yeah it was weird mm-hmm. and I think the um the basement scene there, there's a basement scene where the uh one, I don't know if it's the arm or whatever of one of the alien things is going through trying to find them basically and to me that was I would put on par with the raptor in the kitchen scene from the first Jurassic Park. Like, it made me that scared. And I was like... And and then there was also some other visuals that I don't really remember, but I thought were really interesting. Like, the one where this this train just goes by and it's on fire. There was no other explanation to that. And I was just like, oh, shit. This is kind of, like, way more intense and visually interesting than I remember. So, I don't know. I just found myself really liking it. I think it like, I know Spielberg stuff hasn't been, like, you know, like, the best the last couple of decades, but I think, like, that was actually more of a standout than I gave it credit for. Okay, I, it's honestly, it's been a long time since I've seen that movie, so I'm gonna have to go back and rewatch it. Same. Mm-hmm. I, I just remember, and I don't know if this is just my memory, but I just remember, was it, is it Dakota Fanning that's his daughter? I think so. And yeah, that, it's yes, it is. is. I, just, I just remember her screaming a lot. She was. Okay. That's I would like say my... she's the reason I didn't like the movie, was her acting. I, I think that's my that kind of memory of it, too. And I'm like, I'm like, I just remember so much screaming. No, that is very fair. Okay. <laughs> it's just like, and I was like, I get it. It's aliens. I'd be fucking yelling my head off too. But there's a time to yell, and there's a time not to yell. And I just remember a lot of yelling. And it's basically her 
crying the entire time and getting them in trouble because she would not shut the fuck up. Yes, <laughs> yes, that's my memory of it. Okay, I, I, I will rewatch it, but that is my working memory of it as well. No, that is very fair. <laughs> <laughs> okay, any any other hot takes? Yes, American Made is my guilty pleasure. Okay, <laughs> it is. This, you, this is one that you watched recently, right? Yes. Okay. Um, he's just an idiot. But <laughs> no, it's, it, he has yeah, like, it's a southern ass. accent. He's a southern accent, and he really just wanted an excuse to fly more planes, I think. But there's just like so much dumb shit that happens. And my absolute favorite scene was he basically kind of crash lands his plane in a residential area. And, he, and he's he's transporting cocaine, and the cocaine gets all dumped all over him. <laughs> and he he runs out of the plane. He sees this kid with a bike, and he basically gives the kid money to take his bike. And so he's riding away on this bicycle covered in cocaine. And I'm just sitting there laughing my ass. Oh off. my god! Isn't it like based off of like a real like true story, which makes it even more ridiculous? Yeah. Yes. Deals with Pablo Escobar. Okay, that makes it even more funny yes. now. <laughs> uh, I think I can get through this shit. I, I, yeah. Yeah, but it's that's my guilty pleasure movie. He just he's just like it's. I think Sam like I think you would enjoy the movie, but I've I seen think, it. Oh, you've seen it, but like on a on a historical level, you're just like. God, he's a dumbass. God, he's a dumbass. Yep. Just, just stop, stop, man, stop. It's just like, oh my god. It's just like, oh, yeah. uh, just like you know, like sell, like just a terrible trivecta of the U.S. thinking they're yes. far superior to everyone else, and that mm-hmm. every other country is a dumbass, and you're just kind of like, n- no, no. No, in this situation, it's you guys. I don't know what you mean. <laughs> no, no offense to company uh, currently <laughs> present, um, but yeah. not, 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 not your shining moment as far as this history goes. Is thinking no. that you guys were the smart ones in that situation. No, no, no. So Canada. Um, <laughs> Um, but yeah, I th- <laughs> that's true. It um, is true. No, I, yeah, completely. Um, Three of the top five. <laughs> our military is secretly strong. Slash, not so secretly strong, I guess. Um, that's because we just basically ignore every single rule of war. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Don't look at our track record. <laughs> We're terrible. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I, I I was pleasantly surprised with that movie. I thought it. I told it, you it was, it was funnier funnier than I thought it would be. Nicole doesn't believe, believe anyone, even when you convince her and give her the facts, she won't believe you, and you basically have to drag her ass to watch things. I'm like, I saw it reluctantly. Five years later, better late than never. 
<laughs> what do you mean, huh? There are people that are seeing movies that are 40 years ago and they haven't seen them. What do you have? Yes, them? but you told you things are good and you don't listen. I haven't seen it. I sat and I saw it and I liked Very it. Very so good. You're right. Don't you remember how reluctant she is with half the movies? <laughs> He's like, I'm being neutral. Yeah, Jordan's not saying a thing. <laughs> He's hiding. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's thought... true. Anyways, <laughs> moving on. Um, awesome. Uh, Kate, did you have any more hot takes? Uh, looking at the other movies we haven't mentioned yet. Um, he played a dominant top in Collateral. <laughs> That's like the only oh. time. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, I mean, I feel and, like that's like his true out and out villain. Like, like he's just yeah. a bad guy. So, which he doesn't really play. And he looks different. He doesn't look like Tom Cruise. With the gray hair. Yeah. That he should let happen. Oh my god, yeah. Um, he refuses that... to go gray. <laughs> Why? Why? Just do it for me. No. <laughs> no. Nah. Do it for me. Come on. He's 60. No way in hell that's his natural hair. Obviously not, but he enjoys dyeing it. No, like, even in Maverick, I'm like, this hair looks dyed. Because it's not that color. Let it go gray. Yeah. He needs to look virulent to be like a 58-year-old in a plane. Also because they made all the other pilots significantly younger than they actually are would be in like because like they pick what Miles Teller's 34 and Bradley's supposed to be 38. Mm -hmm. So they pick much younger actors to play roles that were actually older which is kind of backwards than usual but yes. Yeah, usually it's the other way around. Yeah. So, like, when they're supposed to be 34, they're, like, 30 and 28. So, he looked even older next to those babies. Yeah, that's true. But somehow still has the body of, like, a 30-year-old. Seriously. Like, like that's, if that's what, is that what Scientology gets you? You get a six-pack? Because that seems like a pretty good deal. <laughs> Without effort? Yeah, without effort, yeah. You send them for Scientology instances pack. <laughs> we didn't talk. Maybe they like, put that, because they're, like, constantly advertising now. Like, whenever I watch what? football, it's just Scientology ads now. Really? Oh my yeah. god, really? No, it's, they're, like, they're outright, like, oh, I wonder if I can find some to send you. But, like, they even put up their QR code, like, is your phone to scan this? Okay, come down by our center on Sunset. I'm just, like, Oh, the most terrifying! Yeah, we're not getting those. We've got Timmy's commercials online for the football games. The most terrifying thing about Los Angeles was the Latin Scientologists. Oh God! They were like, they were like, oh my God! They're like, you speak Spanish? They're like, there's so few of us, and I was like, yeah, because we're Latino, and our parents would beat us into an oblivion if you tried to sign up for Scientology. Like, of course there's few of you. I was like, I don't know how you got this far as you did. So, most scary thing about Los Angeles is the Scientologists, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I had a 
classmate who left college to go be a priest there or whatever they are. Oh, wow. Jeez. I never heard from her again. Oh, my God. That's scary. <laughs> Part of a yeah. Terrifying. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, did you have any other hot takes, Kay, before I do mine and we'll wrap up? Um, the only other movie we really haven't discussed is Interview with the Vampires, which is gay as fuck. I mean, that's not even that's not even a hot take. That's I just know, a that's fact. Because it's just fact. Yeah, that's just like stating facts for facts. But didn't and the writer try to say it's not? Yes. So she denied it for many, many years, and she was. It was like, lady, all the all the characters are male. Come on, they're not holding. They're not going to sit around and mope. Mm-hmm. Like. What are they doing? Like, and they're like, no, they're not gay. Don't write fan fiction about it. It was like, is seriously the single reason there is so much destruction of fan fiction. It's all her fault. Yeah, basically. Um, but yeah, Tom Cruise is great as Lestat, and he's so good in it that they recast Lestat for Queen of the Dam, and nobody remembers the dude because he sucked. Um, <laughs> and like. Lestat is a dramatic bitch. Um, mm-hmm. And there's, like, Tom Cruise would have been great as as Rockstar Lestat and Queen of the Damned. And that's something I really would have liked to see. So, like we said, probably the closest you come is Rock of Ages, where he's just mm-hmm. all, like, all out, full, like, over-the-top 80s. Uh, I think that's about as close as you would come to that. Yeah. Um, I guess okay, so I guess I'll go. Um I I have a hot take and this is gonna make uh Kay upset. Okay. Um, <laughs> um I I just they didn't like this movie. I actually ended up liking the 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 mummy oh remake. God, no. No. <laughs> <laughs> Why do you Wait, you're the only one I know who likes it. Even my grandfather hates it. I, you know what? No, I know someone else who likes it. My dad. (laughs) My dad likes it. Okay, now I'm going to have to sit down and watch this. But my grandfather has a visceral dislike of it. My grandmother's like, eh? Don't you know my grandmother? She likes any action film. Exactly. So don't get me wrong. Um, it is no original mummy. The original mummy, head and shoulders, like chef's kiss. Um, okay, but which original mummy? Because oh, the, the, Brendan one Fra- the Brendan Fraser one, obviously. Okay. See, that's technically not the original. You know what I mean for our generation, not the 1930s okay. one. Let me okay. restate this the good one with the <laughs> very hot cast of the bisexual awakening. With two extremely gorgeous men and a lovely lady. Mm-hmm. Yes. And uh, yes, the Magi are the best with his falcon. Yes. <laughs> yes, that's what that's what we mean by the original. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, um, yeah, didn't didn't hate it as much as I thought I was going to. Uh, fully prepared to be like absolute hot garbage absolute hot garbage and i was like man 
I was like, it's going to be bad. And I was like, you know what? I'm like, this has some weights on it. This could have been good. He's a total dumbass. And I think I just enjoy Tom Cruise playing people that are hopelessly fucking confused and don't know <laughs> where they are. It's like such a complete 180 for his like kind of know-it-all personality. This character is cool. Yes. Is this you having an existential crisis and enjoying someone who feels like you sometimes during work? <laughs> during work? No, during life, maybe. Do I feel like this during life? <laughs> no. You're like, I don't know what's going on. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. He's, he's, he's definitely, I don't know what's going on. That's kind of, maybe I like it because I tend to relate. I'm just kind of like, that's exactly oh, what I was joking oh. at you. Yes. Oh, my God. <laughs> Just sit and smile and hope it goes away. <laughs> yep, um, that's exactly what I was ho- thinking. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, you know, yeah, didn't hate it as much as I thought I would, and I liked that he was a total idiot that doesn't know where he is. Um, and you can't tease me with a monster god and then be like, "LOL, no sequel," because obviously it tanked, and yeah. Um, I w- I could have done with the sequel. Wasn't the most amazing movie ever. Definitely not the worst cruise movie ever seen. That goes to Taps. Taps can go die in a hole. It was the worst movie I've ever seen. <laughs> that's my other hot take. That movie blows. Anybody's like, oh, it's an American classic. No, it's not. It sucked. It was wow. so so bad. How you really feel? So so bad. In two hours has never felt longer than that movie. Like, I kept looking at the runtime, and every time I looked at it, I was like, oh my god, I'm like, there's 20 minutes left, I'm like, how is this movie still going? <laughs> and just like, and like, Cruz has never been more unattractive than he is in that movie, and I was just like, it was just like, young military schoolboys locked themselves in the school because they got rid of their favorite teacher. And they're in a fight for their school. And I was just like, make it stop. I know you're trying to say something, but you're not. Like, it's a little bit too pro-military. And, like, I'm sure there's a deeper meaning in there about how pro-militaryism is not good. Because the the adults in the movie are like, it's not what it's cracked up to be. But the overall, the that message is kind of overshadowed by pro-military is good um, and children in pro-military is good and I was just kind of like oh god oh my god make it stop it's so long and so so bad I would say that's his worst performance hands down it's literally one of his first in 1981 leave the poor little Tom Cruise alone he was still finding his legs he's just starting but the other, what was it the 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 movie that's previous to that, which people argue was his, his first movie? I've heard that that's better than this. I'll have to watch it. I haven't watched Endless Love. I haven't seen Endless Love either, but apparently that's his first movie, technically. Mm-hmm. But God, yeah, it is just like, who. I, that is, like, at the bottom of the barrel for me. Like, everyone's like, The Mummy's the worst movie. No, it's not. No, it's not. At least he's having a good time. He's having a good time. I'm having a good time. 
Uh, <laughs> You're both clueless I'm... together. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like he's an idiot. The mummy looks pretty damn good. Um, they have some good ideas, and I was just like, okay, I can do this. The other one, I'm just like, I want to leave. I want to leave, and there's nowhere to leave to. Yeah, Magnolia in the theater. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So taps is my Magnolia. Is your sorry your Magnolia? Like uh-huh. I just wanted to leave, and there was nowhere to go. And I, if I had to see this in a theater, I've never walked out of a theater to this point. That would have made me walk out. Like, easily I would have left the theater with this movie. That's my hot take. It's not an American classic like a lot of people seem to think it is. Yeah. <laughs> you saw this! Do not tell me this is a good I movie! Did. It's, it's not... It was not enjoyable to watch. Uh-uh. Um, at all. <laughs> but I did not have the visceral, like, that you had for I was just like so oh man yeah and just like I know it's baby cruise but I was just like oh my god I was just like please make Cruise alone he did nothing to you in that movie he did mm-hmm. he, he attacked me at my house personally sure he did <laughs> um but yes, that's my hot take. The mommy is better and cruises and taps is the worst movie in his catalog. Oh, it's one of the first, so it's okay. Pardon? It's one of the first, so it's okay. Uh huh. Wait, you have let him get his acting chops together. Uh huh. It's one of the more recent ones, and that's not okay. <laughs> uh, that was very much like say no to the mummy. Yes, God. I'm so mad. There's not as bad as someone gave it a 4.5 on Letterboxd. That wasn't me. I know it wasn't you, but you were a 4 and I was still mad. Because I had a good time. Oh, God. <laughs> um, and did either of you Will I the... like this? Did either of you see The Mummy, the new one? No. I have not. <laughs> I was upset that there was no artist bay. <laughs> That's a good reason to be upset. Will I like it? Will I hate it? Um, I don't know, you're, actually. You're just being set up for disappointment that'll never come. Hmm. They're like, here's all the cool stuff we we're going to introduce, but they never will. Well, yeah, because that was literally the beginning and the end of their dark move, dark monster movie universe. Basically, if you want to deal with the whole Nick Fury and S.H.I.E.L.D. equivalent in your first movie, trying to explain how all this other stuff's going to connect, pretty much. Mm. I mean, I think the fatal flaw they made with this movie was that they started with a movie that was already great, like... Mm-hmm. They, they should have done like I don't know, like Creature from the Black Lagoon or something that like people don't have an attachment to. Which they were previewing in that in that scene. There was like his hand or whatever. Yeah, but like if they had been like uh, I don't know, he would have obviously done it because he's probably been covered in prosthetics and shit. But like if they did Cruz's Creature from the Black Lagoon, I'd been like people. There's not people to be like vying for the original. But 
when you're comparing it to the 90s mummy, obviously, people are going to take it personally, as they should. That's why I didn't go see it. Yeah, definitely didn't. Nicole will be defending this movie to her dying breath. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's a me, mm-hmm. myself, and I movie. Yes, yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh... Well, maybe I should watch it and then I have a movie that I can harass you as virulently as you do the Born series. Excellent. I shall do this. <laughs> oh my goodness. Um, anyways, uh, shall we wrap up? Did anyone have any last thoughts before we uh, close up shop? I, I think it's his real dick in all the right moves. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> what? <laughs> Wow! <laughs> Going out with a zinger, huh? Um, I had to. I'm sorry. It has to be. Um, if you go on Letterbox, that's basically just all the reviews as his dick. Basically, what Kay is so eloquently describing is early Tom Cruise football high school drama. Um. One of the funniest set scenes I've ever seen in my life. I was watching this movie at like two in the morning and I had to like put a pillow over my face to stop from cackling because it was just like, it was like one of those, um, I guess clinical is the best way to describe it. Like, it's like, here's a nipple. Here's his nipple. They're naked. And I was just kind of like, I was just like, oh, like, oh, like, Here's the cross between her breasts, and you're just kind of like, oh my god, and it was just like so bad, so bad. And but basically, um, there's this. What is he doing, Kay? He's doing push-ups. No, or something. He's the when... Right. No, it was during he's the scene. Is during the scene? Yeah. Anyways, um. The, the the whole argument is that it's his actual dick. Um, he says it's not, but his co-star um, in that movie says that they were both so young and so inexperienced as actors that neither of them knew that they could ask for body doubles because like they were kids. So she's like, nope, that's his actual dick. Um, but... <laughs> Yeah, it's kind of like a blink and you miss it, but it's there, I guess, if I you want to go looking for to it. Pause. It took me like 10 minutes to pause perfectly. <laughs> so it was not intentional. <laughs> it definitely was not intentional. <laughs> the fact that you're like, you're like, I must see it with I'm my not, own eyes. I'm like... going to bed until I find it. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, he says it's not. Everybody else seems to say it is, so it's up to you to decide whether it's real or not. Mm-hmm. I think it's real. Oh. <laughs> it's like the like freaking search for Atlantis. I over there. Leah Thompson. Okay, I believe Leah Thompson. If she says they didn't know they could get body doubles, then I believe her. Okay, uh, Jordan, did you want to have anything you want to add? Um, uh, I think we've 
but most of it, yeah, I think. Um, looking forward to his next project in space. As a in space, that's right. Uh, as am I. Um, okay, I think I think that's everything. Um, so I guess we'll look out for him in award season. We'll see how it goes. Um, and hopefully, hopefully, well, hopefully those watery eyes will get him some trophies finally. Um, (laughs) so best of luck, Mr. Cruz. And hopefully this is the, this is your year, hopefully. Um, okay. So, uh, so we are on Facebook at Hollywood Deep, uh, Hollywood Deep Dive. Um, we are on Instagram at Hollywood underscore Deep Dive. And Jordan, what's her Twitter handle? HLWD Deep Dive. Awesome. Okay, so thank you, Kay, for joining us for our our discussion, and we hope that you can join us again in the future. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. That sounded very um, unsure. Oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it seemed unsure about that. I don't know. It it depends. Do I bring chaos or? <laughs> I I don't know. <laughs> that that's that's for up to you to decide. Um but yes, you're more than welcome to come back at any time. You can talk mm-hmm. about any celebrity and their precocious body parts whenever you like. Oh my god. Um, <laughs> In a way and... this was a return to form talking about a single celebrity. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um so but yeah, we hope that you'll join us again. Um on the madness that is our podcast. Um, mm-hmm. Is there anything you'd like to promote before we head off? No. Okay. No, okay. Um, so once again, thanks for joining us. And we will we'll catch you on the flip side. Bye, everyone. Bye. 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 Bye.